1: This is Kevin Folger, and I want to thank you again for joining me today on my podcast, "Laborers in the Harvest." And as always, it's a joy to have folks join us and listen into conversations that I have with my friends. And today, I have been on the road for the last couple of weeks, and I am in Hampton, Virginia, and I'm sitting down with a friend that I made many, many years ago, Pastor Roger Seabro, and Brother Seabro is was a church planner, came to Hampton, Virginia. And God called him uh, to ministry and uh, landed here and began a church plan in 1998 and has been here uh, uh, just serving the Lord uh, through the years, good times, bad times. And we're just grateful to sit down and have a conversation. Well, Sebril, thanks for joining me for my podcast today.
2: I'm glad to be here. This is Laborers in the Harvest, and we're certainly involved in uh, harvesting uh, as laborers. So we need more laborers. The Lord said that we need to pray that the Lord of the Harvest would send forth laborers into the harvest. So good to see you.
1: And- yeah. Well, that's really where our, our the theme for this uh, podcast has come from. from is from uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-eight, where the Bible says, "Pray you therefore the Lord of the Harvest, He'd send forth laborers into His harvest." And so we want to encourage those men who are thinking or women who are thinking about uh, ministry, uh, how God can work in their lives. And so we're going to talk to you a little bit about your life. And so you've, uh, been, you planted this church in 1998, is yes, that correct? Yes, okay. that's correct. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the backstory. story. So let's start, if you would, uh, back. Where were you born and where were you raised, Brother Roger?
2: I was born in a little uh, area called Setley, Virginia. It's in the southeast part of the United States of America in the state of Virginia. It's a rural agricultural area. And on October 27, 1955, I was born in Setley, Virginia to my, of course, my parents there, uh, Thomas and Gus. Okay.
1: Um, well, that's 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 wonderful. So, um, but as I think you shared with me you have a large family.
2: I do. I have um, nine sisters and three brothers. So we were a family of thirteen, and uh, we have a good time. All of my sisters are still living today. Uh, most of them are saved. I think maybe one or two are not yet saved. I have uh, two brothers that are uh, not saved, mm-hmm. and one. Who, my oldest brother is saved. But yes, uh, we okay. enjoy it.
1: So you were, you were born as a, kind of in a rural si- situation? You weren't living in a city? You are living uh, out in more of an agricultural area?
2: Correct. My dad, as long as I remember, was a farmer, okay. and uh, he worked on a farm, and I did too, as a, as a young boy growing up, even through my teenage years for the most part.
1: Okay, so growing up, uh, what was it like to grow up in a household of uh, 13 kids?
2: <laughs> Sometimes uh, it was a lot of fun. You always had company, uh-huh. and then, uh, but you needed to find a place where you could get away and just kind of think sometimes, mm-hmm. be alone. But uh, we had a, a family situation where uh, my older sisters sometimes became like surrogate mothers, mm-hmm. and when mom and dad were out working or doing chores or different things, and so we, we took care of each other. My older sibling would take care of the younger, and that's kind of the way.
1: We so where are you in this mix of the thirteen?
2: I would be the seventh.
1: Okay, so they're... So, there are five younger than you then, or six younger than you? Uh, yes. Okay, very good. So, you had some of those chores too, probably at some point, watching over the younger ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did indeed. Uh, uh, not as much as my sisters did. Sure. They were older. Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes my younger brothers just to help out with things.
1: Okay. So, at a point, um, as I recall, you ended up in the military. And so, let's talk a little bit about that, how that happened, and uh, what kind of precipitated the idea of you stepping out and doing some service to our, to our country. And By the way, thank you for that service, by the way. You're welcome.
2: When I graduated from high school, I didn't have the resources for college. Uh, I possibly could have gotten a, a scholarship to a, a university here in the Hampton Roads region. And my guidance counselor, I remember her name is Moore, Jessica Moore, she had suggested that maybe I could get a scholarship Um, through the Air Force ROTC program. But I wasn't interested in school after uh, 12 years, 13 years. I uh, had gone 13 years because I skipped a year because of some different situations. Uh, Not skipping because I went ahead just because I dropped out and then Mm -hmm. ended up going back. But uh, after I graduated, I ended up enlisting in the United States Air Force. And honestly, I enlisted in the United States Air Force because as an 18, I was 19 years old, I really honestly believe that because of how our nation was and, and, and how it was founded, I believe that I owed an obligation back to a country really that had afforded me a lot of the privileges and the liberties and opportunities that as a young, a 19-year-old young fellow, I, I felt obligated to, to give back in some way to a country that had given much to me. And I didn't understand it at all, but I, I knew that I needed to do something, and so that was part of my Reason for joining the United States Air Force.
1: So, so uh, you, how how long were you in? Uh, almost ten years,
2: nine years, nine months, three days. And uh, but who's counting, right? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, again, want well, to thank you for your service. And uh, you, you uh, where did you, where were you stationed at? Were you, were you stationed some overseas?
2: I was. After um, enlisted, uh, living in Columbia, South Carolina, I enlisted at Fort Jackson. Uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, went out to uh, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas, and from there I went direct duty assignment to Offutt Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And then I was, that was my first duty assignment. And then I got out, uh, re-enlisted in uh, McGuire Air Force Base in uh, near Philadelphia at that time, and then I was stationed here at Langley Air Force Base in Hampton, Virginia. Of course, this is close to my home. Right. Uh, I wanted to be here. And uh, the, the Air Force helped me to gain some independence. Uh, to maybe to have a way to make a living, do some things that I wanted to do as a young man. And so, uh, and then after leaving Langley in 1981, I went to Germany and I served there for three years. And then from Germany, I ended up at the Pentagon in the uh, Washington, D.C. area.
1: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about, okay, um, uh, you got a lovely wife, Francine, and God's given you four beautiful children, Amen. three sons and a daughter. So, uh Let's talk a little bit about that. Where did you meet Francine at, and, and uh, you know, how, how, how did that work for you? Wow.
2: <laughs> I met Francine when she was 11 years old. Really? And uh, we, uh, September 21st, we would have been married. We were married 42 years. Uh-huh. So I've known her for about 50 years. Uh-huh. And I was about 15, 15 and a half. And uh, I met her at her home during the summer because her brother and I, we were in the same school uh, grade together in, in the elementary school. And so during the summer, we would uh, go to each other's houses. And so one uh, day I went with, with my older brother to her house and she was there. Of course, uh, sometimes she would hang around with her older brother, which we were teenagers. And you know how it is when you have uh, uh, older brothers and sisters, sometimes the, the siblings, would, the younger, would go with them. And so she would be with him a lot of times. So we just kind of uh, were around each other during you know that time and uh, when I left to join the Air Force she was still in high school Mm -hmm. and then we communicated back and forth by letters and telephone calls at that time Mm -hmm. and eventually we just declared uh by the time she got out of high school that you know we were in love and we wanted to get married and so that's how I met Francine I've known her for a long time
1: yeah well that's amazing she's wonderful yeah she is a great lady there's no question about this she's very giving very very uh gregarious in her personality it's a blessing so uh, she kind of was along for the ride, at least for a part of this uh, Air Force uh, tour, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, then the children started coming along. And yeah. so you have the four. So let's go through the kids real quick.
2: Well, uh, Francine came to Germany. I was in the Air Force Station in Simbach uh, Air Force Base in Germany. And then uh, I was stationed at Langley, so she stayed here at Langley until I found housing there in Germany. And so I went there in January. She got there in March. I found housing, and so she was there with me for the uh, three years there in Germany. And that's where Solomon, our oldest son, was born at Longstu, Germany. There, the army hospital there in Longstu. and he was our first child. Now we had planned not to have any children for the first three to five years in our marriage, so that we could have time together. And so uh, by year number three, here comes Solomon, <laughs> and we're excited, but that's our first child. Uh-huh. And then uh, the next three children were born in Alexandria, Virginia, because uh, by the time uh, we, we left Germany in 1985, I ended up at uh, Crossroads Baptist Church there in the Bayless Crossroads area. And so Benjamin, he's five years younger than Solomon, uh, he was born in Alexandria Hospital, and then uh, here come Leah two years later, she's born in Alexandria Hospital, and then Jonathan, he was born Two years after Leah, and so all of them were born in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, where I was stationed there and lived there for 12 years.
1: So you're, uh, you're very blessed. Um, I want our listeners to know that uh, all of your children are serving the Lord. Uh, three of your kids serve you here with you at, at Hampton Roads Independent Baptist Church. And then your youngest son is in the ministry, or not in the ministry, but is uh, active in a church. Over where is that in? It's in, in Chesapeake,
2: Virginia. In Chesapeake, uh, yeah.
1: okay, all right. So what a blessing that is to have, you know, our children grow up and, and continue on. And uh, your two sons are involved in the music ministry. Your daughter's involved in the music ministry. The the, the boys are are just uh, got lovely. Wives and beautiful grandchildren your daughter's not married. So if anybody's listening looking for a wife, right? They can call you and get a get acquainted with Leah. <laughs> yes,
2: she, she, She's been trained to be a pastor's wife. She, she's a very special young lady. Yeah. Leah is she has a heart for God and uh, we go soul winning together and yeah. talk a lot and, uh, love her and uh, She'll make a good wife, I believe.
1: Yeah, well, we trust the Lord to bring the right person into our life so let's talk a little bit about what happened after, you, got, you landed there in Alexandria, Virginia and uh, ended up at the Bailey's Crossroads Baptist Church where Dr. Lou Baldwin was the pastor at that point. Yeah. And that church probably wasn't very old when you landed there. It was a fairly new church plant as well, is that correct?
2: That's correct. 1985, April of 1985, I arrived in the Washington DC area, didn't want to go there, tried to get out of the assignment but it was, I know that it was God's leadership for me to be there. I was a young Christian, about three, three and a half years old as a, a believer in Christ, had learned in a rotational cycle what was being taught there at Rondland Baptist Church. And when I got to uh, Crossroads, I had been praying about a place to be able to serve God. And uh, a man in uh, Belgium had told me about the Crossroads Baptist Church. I met him in Germany. And he had since uh, relocated back to the United States of America and he was a member at Crossroads Baptist Church. He told me about the church and uh, so I went to look for him. He was living in Fairfax, Virginia at the time. And when I found his house, he told me where the church was and we drove around on a Saturday looking for the church. And when we got there, I met Pastor Baldwin. I went there on June, I think it was June 30th, 1985. And uh, we went to Sunday morning services. I listened to the preaching, the teaching. uh, Solomon was two years old at the time. And I told my wife this. I said, now, honey, uh, the music is good. The uh, preaching is good. The people are friendly. I said, but if this man gets up here and starts preaching some rigmarole and nonsense, I want you to go up to the nursery and get our son. And then we're going to go and pass out tracts in our area. And we're going to tell folks about the Lord. The idea was that we were going to just tell people about the Lord in our apartment complex because we knew the Lord and we wanted other people to know the Lord and we didn't know how to go about you know starting the church of a name but that wasn't even on my heart Mm -hmm. but we knew that we needed to tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ because I was a 20 I was 30 years old at the time and I had got saved when I was 26 and I knew that other people needed to know and and hear what I learned about the Lord Jesus Christ and we were concerned about that so on a Saturday we had planned on passing out tracts and inviting people to come to our home on a Sunday to tell them about the Lord. But before that happened, this man called me and asked me if we had found a church home because he was concerned that we were actually serving in a church mm-hmm. uh, since we had left a church in Germany. And, uh, and he gave, told me about the church in uh, uh, Fairfax, Virginia, uh, Fairfax Baptist Temple. And, uh, but uh, we went there, but ended up going to Crossroads Baptist Church. But nonetheless, I met Luke Baldwin, Pastor Louis Baldwin, and uh, went down on a Sunday, met with him on a Tuesday. I told him, uh, listen, we want to come back and ask some questions about the church. So uh, he said, okay, uh, come back on a Tuesday. And we met with him on a Tuesday, and then we joined the church on that uh, Wednesday, went on that Thursday, (laughs) went to a picnic on that Saturday, and then back to church on that Sunday, and we never
1: stopped. Never never looked back. So as I recall, um, Crossroads was a church plant out of Fairfax Baptist Temple. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Brother Baldwin was reached and then got a burden to plant a church. And I wouldn't say that Crossroads is uh, is just a um, you can say this a black church, but Brother Baldwin had a, a burden for Black America. Is that would that be an accurate assessment? Okay. Right. Okay. So he started the church, but out of that comes a a a group that's called COBA. So let's talk a little bit about what COBA is.
2: COBA is a church planting ministry. It's called Conference on Evangelizing Black America. The purpose of it was to establish New Testament churches in uh, uh, predominantly black communities around the United States of America, some 40-45 million of black Americans. And the idea was to get a people group, black Americans, involved in a God's program of reaching everybody with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that was the, uh, the idea behind CoBA And Pastor Baldwin uh, was trying to raise up some men to be able to train them to be involved in church planning and get other independent Baptist churches in America in, involved in helping support those works. And so that's the idea behind COBA, but it, it's not just a ministry for reaching black people. It's a ministry for reaching a group of people which are black Americans mm-hmm. that have for uh, most part been uh, not effectively evangelized uh, in America and then to get them involved in, in God's program of worldwide evangelism. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. Well, you know, you and I grew up in a time in which, you know, a lot of the things that were happening, perhaps a generation before where there's much segregation, you and I kind of grew up in a time in which, you know, a lot of that began to well, being dealt with and at least brought to the, the public f- forefront, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and, and his, uh, you know, his civil rights movements. And, and, you know, I think America was a better place as a result of that. unfortunately, I feel like we're still, though, p- kind of polarized today. Um, you know, I, I think if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ it, and, and we're truly loving him, race really means nothing to us, right? Because we're brothers in Christ, regardless right. of what our, our skin color is, we, we believe the same things and we we want the same things. And um, it, it's just, it's refreshing to be here at your church. I just, you know, share with our, our, our group that I've been here. And I, I would say that, you know, this is predominantly a, a black congregation, but man, they love the Lord and they love me. Amen. <laughs> We've had a great time this week. They've been so encouraging and so helpful. And, and I appreciate that. So God brought you into that church, and we're going to, in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, your call to ministry, those type of things. Uh, but, but again, I want to just say publicly, I appreciate men who, I didn't serve in the military. Uh, I came, I grew up just as the Vietnam War was coming to an end. I graduated from high school. I registered for the draft, uh, but I didn't have to, to go. They did away with the draft when I, when I was graduating because the Vietnam War was over with. But I was, I was willing to go. But I appreciate men who enlisted God had called me early on in my life and I knew I was going to Bible college. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I do appreciate, though, those men who, who said, you know, I'm going I'm to give some years of my life to, you know, for, uh, for our country and to pr- protect the freedoms that we've had. So we want to say thank you for the years that you did of service. And again, we want to thank our listeners for joining us today for Labor's in the Harvest. And we hope that you'll be back when we have the second part of our conversation uh, with uh, Dr. Roger Sebrough, pastor of the Hampton Roads Independent Baptist Church here in Hampton, Virginia. And uh, again, we hope to join us next week as we pick up our conversation at this point.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. ¶¶